Welcome to Tin Pan Alley. I and I'm floating. I'm never this open, but you make me wanna try. Lost in the moment. I'm gone and I know it. I could do this all night. My name's Joe, and I created this podcast for everyone who loves songwriting and art and everything creative as much as I do. I'm so glad you tuned in, and I hope you'll enjoy this episode. May it inspire you to be creative. Hello, Sarah. It's so good to have you on the podcast. Hi, Josie. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. So for those of you who don't know Sarah, Sarah is, um, I've known her for um, a couple of years now and she's a great singer and um, actually was my uh, voice teacher for a while. And um, Sarah, you live in Berlin, right? Yes, I am from Berlin. Mm -hmm. And for, you know, someone who doesn't know you, maybe you can introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do. Sure, I'd love to. So hi to all Tim Pan Alley listeners. <laughs> I I'm a Berlin native, as we said. I'm a singer. I'm a vocal coach, choir director. I give workshops. I write songs, and um, teach at university. Do all of the above, at different times, more or less. That's amazing. So you have many different projects going on at the same time, usually, right? Um, and so maybe you can tell us a little bit about what's currently going on, what you're currently working on. Sure, I'd love to. So as I said, I, I sing. That's like my biggest passion. Currently, there's not a, a lot of that happening because of Corona, as we all mm -hmm. know. So I will be singing um, this coming Sunday. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure when the podcast will be aired, but we're in the middle of Advent, so the next couple of Sundays are the next couple of Advent Sundays before Christmas, and I will be singing on both Sundays in different services. One here in Berlin, at the Berlin Projekt, Kirche für die Stadt, and um, the other one will be on the 4th of Advent, on the 19th of December, in Hannover. There's the Expo Wahl, which is a big whale... As an event location. Oh, it was created for the expo in Hannover, I think 20 years ago or something. And they have a regular series of Sunday services that are like with music and, you know, um, open to everyone. Kind of like a bigger event. And I'm, I'll be um, presenting my Christmas songs at both these services. As you said, I recorded a Christmas album last year in 2020. And it was supposed to... It came out in 2020 and it, we were hoping to have a tour uh, in the advent of 2020 and then that didn't happen because of mm -hmm. Corona. We had two concerts that were supposed to happen and even those had to be cancelled last minute because of the restrictions. So those things are coming up. Also, I teach a lot right now, like I said, at university. So that's like the main thing I do at the moment. I, I give a lot of vocal lessons one-on-one. -on -one. I, I direct choirs at university and I host a concert series there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you teach um, jazz vocal lessons, right? Jazz and pop vocals. So I teach at the um, Berlin School of Popular Arts. That's pop music in the widest sense. I also teach um, singing and choir directing at the Zeseminar in Berlin, which is um, basically schooling um, church musicians, mm -hmm. but in popular music. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing both these things. Yeah. That's super interesting. I suppose that's a very new 
um, field, right? Or is it, has this been going on for a while now? Actually, this study course, uh, it's like a two-year program in Berlin for popular music. Um, that has that, that started um, to come into existence in 2008, so it's already okay. been around for 13 years. But that's not super young for the fact that pop music has been around for like 60, 50, 60, mm-hmm. 70 years, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And I feel like in Germany, um, churches have been a little bit skeptical of of modern music. Pop in, music. Yeah, yeah, pop music in churches, right? Yeah, it depends on the church, of course, you know, what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Now, right now I'm talking about the Evangelische Kirche, the, the Lutheran church uh, here in Berlin. And then there's the Catholic church, then there's other denominations, you know, and I think it depends on the don- denomination. If it's like a Baptist church or a free church, they're usually much more open to mm-hmm. modern music and they usually have only modern music in mm-hmm. their services. But yes, the Lutheran, the more traditional churches in Germany, the big ones, the, the we call them sometimes the state church, you know, mm-hmm. they definitely are way more into tradition and classical music and organ and, and very, very, there's a very strong tradition there that is hard to break. Yes, I do find... There are church musicians and, and um, leadership in the church that is open to modern music, to mm-hmm. pop, jazz, gospel. Gospel music is big, gospel choirs. But there's also a lot, like you said, a lot of um, criticism and apprehension. And I think oftentimes the prejudice that that music is qualitatively less, you know, it's, it's not as good as, mm-hmm. which I think is total bullshit, sorry. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. So when you don't know the music, then mm-hmm. then you can have this prejudice. But once you get into it and see how big of a variety there is in pop music and gospel music and jazz, I mean jazz is I think one of the most challenging music music styles there is. Or you know if you're a musician and you are able to play jazz, that is you have high abilities in many fields and reading yeah. music and, and improvising and knowing harmonies and yeah. Mm-hmm. And why do you think that is that there is still like that the more traditional churches are more reserved on that front do you have any theory as to why that is because i think it, it is they're very stuck in in um in tradition they're mm-hmm. very stuck in routine they're very stuck in this is the way it's been and we don't know anything else mm-hmm. i mean obviously you know um and and i think there's uh, many people are very very um I guess it gives them security mm-hmm. to do things the way they've always been done, mm-hmm. which again is bullshit because the, sorry for my language, but <laughs> the church is changing the whole time. It's always changing. People are changing. So no, it's not always the same. But I think that, yeah, I mean, right now, nowadays, if you go to churches, if you go to a Lutheran church here in Germany, in Berlin, the age average will be maybe 60 or 70. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll have more, a lot of older people. And obviously, when you're older, it's like you're used to something and you want to stick with it. You're not going to constantly reinvent yourself. This is a mm-hmm. human nature. You know, anybody makes that experience when they get older that, oh, wow, there's something new in the younger generation. Uh, interesting, but I'm used to something else. And mm-hmm. I want to stick with what I'm used to. I think it has a lot to do with that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting, and actually that's the way I got to know your music, mm. is that you um, have been able to create a bridge, you know, between tradition and the modern um, music, and yeah. um, maybe I'll just let you talk about what you did to 
the old traditional German um, hymns. Hymns, yeah. What have I done to them? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so negative. <laughs> no. What did you do to me? <laughs> so what I did with them, and you can hear this if you listen to my music, is I interpreted them in my way, and I, and we rearranged them. We is mostly Samuel Jerzak, my longtime musical partner, pianist, arranger, band uh, leader. We've had him on the show, actually. I know, yeah. I know. I, I think I heard, listened to the mm -hmm. podcast. Yeah, he's been on the show too. He does his own music as well. But we've been, like basically he's produced or co-produced all my albums. Uh, I've done six albums so far and mm -hmm. uh, solo albums. And he's been involved in each and every one of them. And he arranges the songs. Like we do it together. I've arranged some songs. He arranged some songs. We work with some other musicians, but like he's the... I would say he's the mastermind behind most of the arrangements. And so what we do is we take the melody, we take the lyrics of this hymn or church song, and we find, we just rearrange it. We find a new harmonic context for them, um, oftentimes a different rhythm or groove. So we mostly change the melodies um, rhythmically. Um, we don't really change it. You recognize the song, but it's not the exact way that it's in the mm -hmm. hymnal or sung in church every Sunday, you know. Mm -hmm. And and I interpret it. So I, I'm somebody who really, who, to whom lyrics are very important. I'm mm -hmm. a singer. I sing words most of the time. I also love improvisation. You talked about jazz, and I study jazz, and jazz is an element of my music. And so I also love to improvise without words, scat, you know. But I also love words, and when I do sing words, they're very important to me. Like, I pay attention to what I'm singing. And when I interpret these church songs, I also listen to the words. They're oftentimes they're older, they're from centuries past, so they might be um, 200 years old, 300, 350, 500 years. I'm, I'm just now presenting, representing my Christmas album, and I have some songs on there that are like from the 15th century, they're mm -hmm. like 600 years old, you know, so, That's incredible. Yeah. and then, but then the words aren't necessarily from then, the, the words might be from 1800 or 1700 or something, mm -hmm. but it's older language, so you have to make it come alive, and that's what I try to do, I try to dig, you know, I kind of look behind the old words, and what are they saying, and I try to express that in the way that I interpret the songs, and then oftentimes, something will change about the melody, because maybe the melody is written in a way where the most important word isn't the highest note, but usually we listen most to the highest note. Mm -hmm. So I might change it around a little bit. So mm -hmm. that, 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 you know, I want to accentuate what I think is important, and that's what I try to do in my singing. Yeah, and it's amazing. I think um, it's, um, it's a very cool way to combine um, various elements, you know, various traditions with each other and I think you know jazz is a tradition in itself it's um, you know it's not it's not around since uh, since a couple of years only you know no. we've had it for a while right yeah it's been around for like more than 100 or like 100 years maybe, mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. so what brought you to to music maybe in general or you said you studied it um uh, and uh, actually you studied it in London as well right at, um, mm -hmm. at the Royal Academy yeah. of Music that's where I started I started uh, studying uh, at university level at the Royal Academy in the 90s, and I did one year there. Mm -hmm. I only started the bachelor program the first year, then I took a break for different reasons, and mm -hmm. 
Then I went to the United States, um, got a bachelor in English writing mm -hmm. from a, a, an American college, came back to Germany, and then continued my jazz studies here in Berlin at the Hans Eisler School of Music mm -hmm. Conservatory. Um, and that's where I got my diploma, which is kind of equivalent to a bachelor, or even now to a master's, I think. And I got the diploma there uh, many years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And um, what um, brought you to London in the first place? What attracted you to start studying there? Actually, it was the school. It mm -hmm. was the school. I wasn't like super keen on London, although it was super interesting for sure. But I knew, I'd heard about the school and that they had a jazz program. And I was trying to figure out what to study. I knew I wanted to study after school. I did my Abitur, the German highest level of kind of high school uh, examinations, you know. And uh, they, they prepare you for university and I knew I wanted to study. But I didn't know what exactly, so I was trying to figure out what am I going to do with my life. And then I was doing a lot of music at that time, right mm -hmm. before I graduated high school. And thought seriously about making a, a career. And I, a friend of mine from school um, studied opera at the Royal Academy a year ahead of me. So I knew about the program. I knew they had a jazz program. And that's, that was really interesting to me. So I just went there. I auditioned and I got in. Mm -hmm. And that was it. I didn't compare to other schools. I didn't audition at like 10 different schools. I just went straight to the academy, got in and started studying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how did London... did Maybe living in London add something else to your music besides the, um, the college. Um, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it didn't just add something to my music. It also added a lot to my life because uh, London is a very big, obviously you know, international city. It's very international. I mean, Berlin is international. Mm -hmm. I live in Berlin. I'm from Berlin. It's always been the most international city of Germany, but London is like you know, maybe the most international city of Europe, maybe, yeah. you know, I mean, then there's Geneva or whatever, but it's, uh, it was amazing to see the different cultures coming together there, the different uh, countries, the different continents that met in London, and that definitely influenced not just my music, but my outlook upon life. Mm -hmm. Also, um, my faith, I, I actually encountered God during my studies in London and became a Christian there. And also was exposed to so many different Christians from different nations, from different backgrounds, from different the theological um, backgrounds, that I immediately got this really wide range of, of um, ideas. And, mm -hmm. and um, I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was so cool. And, and so London was very inspiring to me. Uh, I learned a lot about, about jazz music, about cultures, about the faith. Um, about the world and and I loved it but it was also very intense London is yeah. a very intense city I was I lived there for one and a half years and I really felt a little exhausted mm -hmm. uh, every time I came back to Berlin it was like a breath of fresh air because Berlin is more relaxed than London for sure yeah, yeah. it's so interesting I think some people might feel that way about Berlin and then They would a go smaller back to town. Yeah. yeah, totally, totally, exactly. And that's how I felt in the contrast between London and Berlin. Yeah. A small town of Berlin. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's really cool. And um, did you get to perform in the city sometimes? Did you do gigs? In um, London? Yeah. Not many, to be honest, because I was right at the beginning. It was still a bit like new and daunting to me to, to be a, like, I didn't feel really experienced or seasoned in jazz in particular when I started there. I had already sung jazz in high school 
you know, a little bit with a big band, a solo night, um, show choir. But to really, like, there were all these like, young cats that had been gigging that were just listening to jazz all day long, mm -hmm. you know. And I mean, we, we did some concerts in the school, in the school setting. And I remember playing some gigs. I think I played at, at some event and maybe a, a I, don't, I can't even remember, was it a birthday or, or some event or something where I was just hired to, to sing. And I also joined a gospel choir in London, and mm -hmm. a London community gospel choir, a pretty well-known gospel choir there. And we did some performances um, while I was there. But not many. I didn't like do a lot of concerts. It was my first year. I was like new to everything. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. Still soaking everything up and, and yeah, and finding my way. Finding my way. You know, mm -hmm. I was still a bit daunted by everything. Yeah. So um, I know that you usually go on on tours and you tour a lot in, in Germany and beyond sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um and so how did that get started? How you fin you basically finished um studying in Berlin, right? Studying in Berlin, mm -hmm. and while I was studying in Berlin, actually while I was studying in the States, doing my Bachelor in English Writing, mm -hmm. I already started giving concerts in Germany in the summers, because oh. I came home in the summers, I didn't stay there the whole year, mm -hmm. um, and I met a musician here who was already performing, touring, uh, not touring, like giving loads of concerts, but he was just playing at different events, He was also studying in Berlin, the same program that I studied later, mm -hmm. jazz and rock pop. and uh, But he was also doing a lot of gigs in, in the church context or Christian context. So those both, both of those things were really interesting to me. And I started playing gigs with him and concerts. And so I started earning money and playing concerts even while I was still in the States, then here in Berlin. And it just kind of developed. You know, I would yeah. do a, a concert somewhere or play at an event and then people would hear us and they'd be like oh we would like to book you you know and then it just came one came from the other and then also studying in berlin of course i met a lot of other musicians in my study course mm -hmm. and in my program so i started playing i started singing with the berlin voices a jazz vocal quartet we were you know a, a vocal quartet two men two women and we existed for 10 years and we wow. did like two, three albums, we did tours, and we started performing, we started getting gigs, so it just kind of started and happened and developed, you mm -hmm. know, it wasn't like overnight crazy, it just was a very healthy, um, slower type of growth, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really great way to get you used to it even, you know, and to um, get more secure in it, mm -hmm. yeah. And then, uh, I think in 2000 seven if I'm correct me if I'm wrong or 2008 you brought out your first um album published that, that actually album. was earlier yeah yeah when was It that was in two, 2003 oh yeah so my first album Gast auf Erden mm -hmm. uh, Paul Gerhard Neuendeck contained church songs by one particular German um poet mm -hmm. a writer of 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 lyrics for church songs yeah. who was one of Germany's best known theologians as well he was a he was a pastor actually And he had he has written beautiful lyrics, and we have a lot of them in our hymnal. I did his I did new arrangement of his songs as my debut album in two thousand three, and then my next album came out in two thousand five, Miracles, which is a purely jazz album, completely in English. Then two thousand seven, the year you mentioned, was actually my third album, Geistesgegenwart, mm -hmm. which was a continuation 
of the first. So also it was church hymns, um, but not just Paul Gerhard. It was like English and German and just well-known hymns and church songs. Again, in my style, jazz, soul, uh, groove, R&B, Latin, um, soul. Yeah, I mentioned soul, I think, <laughs> gospel. Right, and then after that, two more, two or three more albums. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was off completely with the year. <laughs> Not completely, because <laughs> 2007 was the 400th anniversary mm -hmm. of Paul Gerhardt, and we oh, played yeah. a lot of Paul Gerhardt concerts that year. Mm -hmm. So that's why that second album came out, mm -hmm. but it wasn't my debut album. Mm -hmm. So Paul Gerhardt was also, I think he was an inspiration for Bach as well, right? Um, Johann Sebastian Bach. Um, or not, not just for him, I think for several people after him. But he, but he, but you have to remember he was a poet. Mm -hmm. He was not a musician. Mm -hmm. He loved music, but he didn't write the melodies. He had composers working with him. He had um, church musicians working with him and, and setting his lyrics to music and publishing his songs. Mm -hmm. But the crazy thing is, although this is like 370 years ago, his songs were already really popular when he was still alive. Like they they started printing them and publishing them and the churches and the people were seeing them. He actually lived in Berlin and he lived near Berlin as well. So mm. yeah. And what made you fall in love with his songs and his lyrics? His language, his poetry. He has a very beautiful poetry. He writes like when you read his poetry, it's German, but when you read it, uh, he uses a lot of imagery, metaphors. And it's it's a beautiful language. Mm -hmm. And that's what I loved about it. It's not, God loves you, um, you have to ask for forgiveness, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's not like in your face, just theological truths, but it's like poetry. It's mm -hmm. beautiful poetry. And like some of the songs are very passionate. They're like love songs. And that just touched me. That touched mm -hmm. me. And he also, I found some of his lyrics, I found talking about things that I could totally resonate with. So actually the first song that I did, that I rearranged of Paul Gerhardt, myself, was a song called Gib dich zufrieden, which means um, be content. Mm -hmm. And that's what he talks about in the song. Be content. You know, you might have longing, you might have, a you might ache, things might be really difficult, but there's no place where you can find as much peace and comfort and contentment as in the presence of God so with everything just learn to be content mm -hmm. and it it definitely I'm not a master at this but it so touched me you know it so spoke to me yeah yeah and I think it's such a such a timeless lesson right like it's totally it's been relevant yeah. back then and it is now it's a human condition mm -hmm. he speaks to the human condition That's why I find his lyrics timeless. Mm -hmm. And it, he was a person too who had a difficult um, life story, right? He um, uh, a difficult biography. And yeah, I mean, he lived during the Thirty Year War in, in Germany, uh, the Dreißigjähriger Krieg. He saw his village, his home village, burned down. His parents die before he was fourteen. He was like an orphan, full, full on orphan by the age of fourteen. I mean, when we think about that nowadays, we'd be like traumatized for life, you know, but this is what they lived with. He saw his friends die. He saw he was, got married late in his life for his 
you know, like nowadays we'd be like, yeah, but you got married in his 40s. I mean, even nowadays that would be older to get married. And then his wife and he um, had five children, I think. And as far as I remember, four of them died when they were babies or little children. And then his wife died at the birth of the fifth child. So he was like a widower. You know, he had just been married for 10, 15 years, and then he was a widower. He'd lost his wife and four children. I mean, anybody, you know, you and I, we would, we would be depressed. We might think about taking our life, you know. Yeah. And he processed everything in the lyrics that he wrote with, you know, I, he was a pastor, so I think in his, in his faith in God, his relationship with God, he didn't get bitter, and not as far as we know anyway, but he actually processed by writing and being creative, which is great, which is a great output, you know. And, and he wrote so many lyrics, so many songs, so many poems mm -hmm. that we still know today. Yeah, that is amazing to, to take that, or to, to, to be resilient and to mm -hmm. keep going. Yeah, Faith can be a great like, tool for that or a great source of um, resilience, really. Faith, faith and creativity, mm -hmm. that's the thing. And he was creative. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, and um, talking about writing songs, um, so you are writing songs yourself too. You're not just um, obviously not just working with Paul Gerhardt's material, but you're also um, a songwriter yourself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and um, yeah, um, what is your songwriting process usually? Do you have is there is there something or can you say of yourself like the text usually comes first or the melody or maybe you can um. Let us know um, about the process. About the yeah, process. I'm happy yeah. to. So there's no typical way to do it in my case. And I also have to say that I, I do enjoy writing songs and I have done it in the past. I've published songs. I've published my own you know, a CD with all my songs. But it's not something I do on a daily basis. I'd, I'd like to learn to do that much more frequently. Um, but I'm not... It's not like... I'm more, I think... When you take my whole um, musical life so far, I think I've interpreted more than I've written myself. But when I do write songs, usually I would say the lyrics come first. Again, I'm a woman of the word. <laughs> uh, or lyrics and melody come together. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, I will literally have a melody and a, like a, a chorus or something just right in my head. Mm -hmm. or like a certain melody like a verse and it'll come like the melody and the words come together but if not then oftentimes the lyrics will come first and then I will think of how to put them to music like uh, yeah how to melodize them and do you is there such a word melodize melodize well it, there's now <laughs> yes <laughs> you also create new words which is yeah. great um, and so do you actively sit down then if you have lyrics um, and say okay now I want to put this to I want to find a melody for this, or is it no, more like... No, yeah. no, because um, I, I've always written, since I was a child, I've written. I've written poems, I've written short stories, I've done journalism, I studied English writing, so like that's my, that's my bachelor, my major. So writing has always been part of me, but poetry, I started out with poetry. So I... Um, I don't normally take a poem and then later think, oh, now I want to make this into music. Mm -hmm. When I'm actually songwriting, I usually think the two things together. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, so I write the poetry 
wanting it to have because like when you write a song you have there's a rhythm to your melodies right there's a meter to your verses and chorus and so you write a certain way poetry can have that too but I also wrote free poetry not just everything that rhymed you know mm -hmm. but when I for instance when I write songs I want them to rhyme I kind of don't it can happen that it doesn't rhyme but normally I like it to rhyme so yeah. I, I write with a meter in mind with a rhythm in mind with a melody in mind maybe with a mood in mind you know mm -hmm. and are there any songwriters who inspired you on that journey on on, on your creativity journey oh know? for sure for sure i mean song songwriters or like songs that that mm -hmm. i love you know like i said before i remember being a child and my parents house yeah my parents house And they had they had um, vinyls. I mean, back then there were vinyls. We didn't even have CDs when I was a, when mm -hmm. I was a kid. There were no CDs. There were there were vinyls. So I would have records there, the big records, and the I would listen to them. I would put them on the um, turntable, and then I would take. I always read the covers and mm -hmm. the booklets. I always read them because I always was so interested in the pictures and the lyrics of the songs and whatever else they had written and I remember listening to everything from Ludwig Hirsch Austrian singer-songwriter to Nina Hagen German punk rock singer mm -hmm. to um, Louis Armstrong and Ella Fitzgerald jazz you know and I would always follow the the lyrics and, and kind of get into that But I would say songwriters or like musicians, I would say more singers who've inspired me, who write their own songs. One of them is um, the Norwegian singer, uh, Beedi Bell, mm -hmm. Beate Lech, and uh, the band, now she's called Beedi Bell, but it used to be a band, the band's name. She writes her own music all the time, and I've followed her since she's come out 20 years ago, and I... I just really like her music, so I find it very intriguing that she writes everything herself. And um, I also love uh, listening to certain. Let me. I'm trying to think which songs do I love. Hmm. I like Kirk Franklin. He do, he writes gospel, but he writes a lot of songs. Um, songs come to mind from Joni Mitchell or. Like, Both Sides Now by mm -hmm. Johnny Mitchell, Ooh, great song, you know. I don't have just one particular songwriter, no. I think it's just when lyrics touch me, mm -hmm. when, when, when the marriage between music and words touch me. We have a German singer-songwriter, Johannes Falk, who I like, who... Well, I know him, he's a colleague, but I really like his music I like uh, the songs he writes so shout out to Johannes if you're listening <laughs> so maybe what what kind of music does he perform and write and uh, maybe we can give a teaser uh, yeah he's it's kind of singer songwriter it's it's kind of a melodic pop pop rock kind of style and um, it's cool it's it's more like reminiscent of older stuff you know a little bit of, of Billy Joel a little bit of um, yeah, I have to think of it. Maybe later mm -hmm. on I'll think of something. Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely fine. Um, uh, yeah, I really like his music too. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I think it's great songwriting, and um, I think what I appreciate about his songwriting too is what you said about Paul Gerhardt actually, mm -hmm. <laughs> the this um, poetic take on faith. You know, it's mm -hmm. like um, mm -hmm. it's like it's not just faith based songs, but it's mm -hmm. um, you know, 
he does also write about that and it's um it's not like in your face as you said it's very much um a, a journey that you know he takes you on and that's that's i really appreciate that yeah you know? yeah but i think that's with any topic really that um songwriting you know if, if it can like pick you up somewhere and lead you on a journey rather than I don't know, being preachy in any way or... Uh, totally, yeah. totally. I mean, when you think of songs that have touched me, that have um, that have uh, aroused my curiosity or that have captured me, I think of Diane Reeves. She's a jazz singer. Um, mm -hmm. I saw her live a couple of times. I have some of her earlier albums, and there's one album especially called In the... Well, there's one In the Moment that's a live album, And the other one um, is called Nine, I think. And there's I remember seeing her live at the Quasimodo here in Berlin, which is a pop rock jazz club. And I remember almost crying at one of her songs. She wrote a song about being nine years old mm -hmm. and just how what life was like as this careless little child. And I remember um, being so touched when I listened to that. But again... It's not just the topic, it's how the topic is put to music. It's the voice, the music, the harmonies, the melody, the rhythm, and the words together. When all of that makes a beautiful marriage, that's when I get, re get really um, captured and, mm -hmm. and enthralled. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, I, I also love that about your songwriting and your music. And I think um, talking about your music... Mm -hmm. um, You have a, uh, as we already mentioned, a Christmas album um, yes. that uh, you published last year. Um, and since we kind of have to come to a close with our interview, um, time-wise, I think it would be a great... Do we really? <laughs> well, I wish we could go on for longer. No, no, that's cool, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, um, maybe you can um, let us know... Um, about the Christmas album. About the Christmas album, because oh, I, I think it's that. a lovely... Even I would really recommend that to people who are still looking for a Christmas gift, actually. Yes. Because <laughs> it's very much appropriate, yeah. You can definitely get this as a wonderful Christmas present. I mean, I, I'm marketing myself here, but obviously I'm. this is my work, so I love yeah. it. It's called Vom Himmel hoch. It's actually German lyrics, mostly. There's three English songs on this album, so y'all English listening... Only English-speaking people that don't know German, you'll get German Christmas music. And actually, it's funny. I I'm actually in the songwriting club right now, where we meet once a week and, and exchange our experiences with songwriting. And there's and they're all Americans mm -hmm. and and me. And one lady uh, wrote me after talking about it last week. She was like, um, I've been listening to your music, and now I'm like listening to German Christmas and Advent music. You know, it's so funny. <laughs> And um, these are all Christmas songs or Advent songs. It's not just Christmas. It's In Germany, I think more than in the States, we really have a strong tradition of Advent. So the season before Christmas, mm -hmm. so the four Sundays before Christmas Eve um, that we basically have, which is the beginning of the traditional church year. It starts at the end of November, you know. So it's kind of like American Thanksgiving and then comes the Advent season. And that's what we're in right now. And so these songs are Advent songs, Christmas songs, and New Year's songs. There's a couple of New Year's songs. It's a, that whole season of, of December and the change of the year. The special thing about it is that it's my band, which I've recorded all my albums with my band in the past 20 years. But this one also has a string quartet. 
And that's what I really love about it. It's a jazz band, so we don't have a guitar on it, but we have a saxophone and a string quartet. And the songs are arranged in the styles I mentioned earlier, anything from pop over Latin, uh, jazz. And it's called Vom Himmel hoch, From Heaven Above, which is the title of a very famous Luther Christmas carol. Mm -hmm. Germans know it, yeah, and we sing it in the Christmas season. And um, that song, we captured and took it to New Orleans. We actually oh, did a yeah. New Orleans sound for this particular song. So Wow, I, I love that. That's amazing, yeah. yeah. But, um, it's, so it's, a, cool. it's a party, like for uh -huh. my album, that song is a real party. It's like you can imagine yourself at Mardi Gras, just uh, partying down the street, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's 12 songs. I've just released, uh, I'm just actually at the, at the moment, um, you're very welcome to check me out on social media, Instagram, Sarah Kaiser Live, or Facebook, Sarah Kaiser Band, it's my music page there, and on both of them, I'm doing an advent calendar, so I'm introducing yeah. one of the songs from this Christmas album mm -hmm. each day, so like track one on, on the first day, and today is the... Well, I'm not going to say what day, because I don't know when you're publishing <laughs> this, but anybody who's coming on late, if you check my Instagram out, you can still follow this calendar. You can still check it out because it's in the highlights. And there's a there's a button in the highlights called Advent Calendar, where I saved all the doors. So mm -hmm. you can still check it out. And I have little snippets about the songs where I share um, in German and in English. So the English songs I talk about in English and the German songs I talk about in German where I share something about the song, what it means to me, what a certain verse means to me, how I got to know the song, who I first heard it from, things like that. You know, it's yeah. kind of like a little background info, a little uh, personal talk, like this podcast. Yeah, yeah it's like a, another um, extension of the podcast and getting to know you more um, and your songs. I love that so much. I've been listening to the to the advent calendar the last couple of days. And cool. It yeah. was a, it's great insight into um, your your creative process even. Cool, so, thanks, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you can check out that, that button, that highlights button, yeah. to, to even follow up earlier. Yeah, That's amazing, yeah. So that would have been my next question, where to find you on social media, but now we know already. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have one final question, so that's, I ask that everybody, and yeah. it's um, maybe a little bit of a, even like a very, well, maybe not a selfish question, <laughs> but a question that concerns me as well. It's like, what advice would you have for um, young singers or songwriters starting out follow your passion mm -hmm. most important i say that to everyone even people taking voice lessons with me singing is fun and it should always be fun and it it's also can be work and if you want to get better you're going to work at it like an athlete trains if they want to get better but it's it's creative expression and it's fun it's and not just creative expression i think singing is one of the most natural, archaic, um, human expressions there is. Mm -hmm. Before speaking, little children, before they can say words, they start to sing. Mm -hmm. It's so normal, it's so natural. And it's sad that, that for many people, it's, it's kind of come away from that. And they, they, they say they can't sing, which I think is rubbish. Everybody can sing. Mm -hmm. Obviously not everybody sounds the same, but everybody can sing. It's a human expression. And um, what was your question? Sorry. Well, um, no, that's <laughs> oh, oh, brilliant. What I advi my advice for people starting out, mm -hmm. don't lose your passion. Mm -hmm. 
Don't lose your passion. Follow your passion, but also keep at it. Find a routine. This is something that I wish I would have had even more growing up. I mean, I learned instruments and I had to practice. I always hated practicing. <laughs> and I guess it's the marriage between that and the fun. And the fun for me usually comes in doing it. Singing, performing, practicing with others, rehearsing with others, getting together with a band, with an ensemble, singing in a choir, singing in an orchestra, uh, playing in an orchestra, whatever your instrument or skill, make do it with others. Do it so it's fun, but also find routines and disciplines to get better, to mm -hmm. grow. Mm -hmm. That's what I would recommend. Yeah. yeah, that is a really good recommendation. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really enjoyed this conversation. And for those of you who are curious about Sarah, you can listen to the Advent Calendar on Instagram and I think on Facebook as well. On Facebook, on both of them, I, I post daily in the stories, but it's also I've also started posting some reels because the stories disappear. But then there's that button again on Instagram. <laughs> and also, obviously, I have a... a Just a good old-fashioned homepage, www.sarahkaiser.de, on which you can basically find out most about me, I would say, with my biography and different projects and a shop where you can buy the CDs. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you liked it. If you did, head on over to social media and let's connect there. Thanks again and talk to you soon. I'm sliding over. I know you like me. Inching closer.